2020 was probably the most challenging year I think all of us have experienced in our entire lives and our entire career. Now that 2021 is here, what are we going to do differently? How are we going to create actionable goals that are going to create fulfillment and profitability and excite us? I think one of the most top questions that I get asked when it comes to goal setting is where do I start and how do I actually create an action plan to implement my goals and create a reality? My friends, I've created the 2021 quarterly goal setting guide just for you. Now in the show notes, go ahead and download your copy today and fill this out. In our podcast, episode 51, we dive deeper into what it is to what it takes to create goals for 2021. I hope all of you have a successful, prosperous year. Download it today. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. You guys, I cannot wait to introduce this guest to you today. I have been stalking her on Instagram for quite some time, and I have been dying to get her on the podcast. So most of you know who she is already. She does not need much of an introduction, but with a remarkable track record as an international hair educator top earning salon owner and a business life coach, Gina Bianca is known as a true power player in the beauty industry. She's honest, blunt, and she is super funny in her approach to education and empowerment. And we are so excited to welcome Gina to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Um, You know, let's just dive in. I want to know all about how you got into the beauty industry and, and um, tell us about your journey through from going to beauty school into like where you are now. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, what you have built and what you have Thank become. Thank you. Um, well, my name is Gina Bianca. I'm from Watertown, Connecticut, and I've lived in Connecticut my whole life. And um, when I was younger in high school, all I wanted to be and growing up, like I always wanted to be like a plastic surgeon, but I was never really great at school. And I talk about this a lot, but, um, you know, I love transformation. I love making an impact. And uh, when I was growing up, I like love those gory um, (laughs) plastic surgery shows. And uh, it turns out when you're a C student who doesn't go to school, it's not that easy to get into college. So um, I decided to stay down here and do hair. And I went to Paul Mitchell, the school in North Haven as 100% thinking that hair was just going to be something that I was going to fall back on. Um, I really just wanted to have some kind of trade. Uh, I always wore extensions in school. I always, uh, always was changing my hair. It was my way of like dealing with trauma. I was bullied a lot in high school and I always was known for my hair. Like I did that short Victoria Beckham cut. I had long mermaid extensions. Like I would go down to the uh, Waterbury and go to the hair store and get like all kinds of crazy extensions and have like these ladies put them in and I just loved my hair and going to get my hair done was really important to me that's where I met um, you know colored by Caitlin I don't know if you follow her but she's the one who was my hairdresser we went to high school together 
And she was like, you have to go to Paul Mitchell. And I saw how successful she was doing. She was so professional. She was so amazing. Like, I was like, oh, my God, Caitlin is amazing. And she still is. So if you don't follow her, Colored by Caitlin, she's really great. Um, We're close together. A lot of Connecticut hair artists, um, like, we all went to the same school. And uh, we all know each other really well. So Connecticut is pretty amazing when it comes to hairdressers. But I went to beauty school as something to fall back on, but it turns out that it was everything that I needed. Like Paul Mitchell gave me the foundation. Um, it helped me learn how to be professional. It helped me to provide amazing, incredible guest service. Uh, I always had three jobs growing up. You know, we grew up with some adversity in our family and I was always working. So I had really good work ethic, but they really polished me and obviously taught me how to do hair everything i know how to do hair wise is from beauty school and i just have made it my own so um you know hair was never something i was like i was like a five-year-old and wanted to be a hairdresser like no it was something to fall back on my mom was like you can't live at home and not go to beauty school or not go to school so i was like all right i'm gonna either go to beauty school or go to culinary school and i picked beauty school and flash forward almost over a decade later um, you know, starting with my cosmetology license, not trying to brag, but I was a six figure stylist, seven figure salon and a seven figure educator and on my way to being a seven figure beauty influencer, all from a cosmetology license. And I like to say that because so many people, uh, when they say, mom, dad, I'm going to beauty school, they get shamed for wanting to do something with art. And if you know how to run a business, if you know how to take it to the next level, and that's what I teach people to do. You can make anything from this journey. So that's a little bit about how I started and what I do. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I I love that you say to the possibility of what our cosmetology license can can bring for us. But it is all about like what you're gonna put into it and having that vision to just go for it. And I just love that because I remember back when I was in high school. And we had to like research about hair school and like how much a hairdresser would make. And this was like back in 1998, I looked into it and it was like the average income for a hairdresser was like $20,000. You're never going to make yeah, it on but your we own. Make cash too. You know, who's claiming everything in 1998? You know what I mean? They're probably like right. literally riding dirty back then. Like, you know, it, it's really crazy because it's not classified properly. There's no way to know. And then there are people in, you know, small towns in the country making $20,000 a year. And then there's people in New York City making $365,000 a year. And then there's people who do all different stuff. And it's really just what you make of it. And I say it all the time, like leaders don't wait for things to happen. They, they make them happen. So if you're going to go to school, get your license and just wait for the money to roll in, you're going to be waiting for a long time. Absolutely. So once you get your license, did you, um, did you start in like a commission salon? Did you just jump into like salon ownership? What, what did that well, transition look like? Well, when I first like? started out, um, uh, a uh, salon came to my school and did a guest artist presentation and in the audience like all the students were just like oh yeah like it's a dream to work there like you it, like you walk into a full clientele after an amazing two-year assisting program and it sounded so good so what did I do I came in early I stayed late I put away the chairs I took out the trash and I talked to the people up there and I was just like how can I have an opportunity to come shadow at your salon and they like loved it because I was like showing up. And I think that's what everybody looks for in people is people who just show up and they don't like stand in the background. Like you show up, you help. And even if you're taking out the trash, like being humble is like how you get opportunities. So I ended up shadowing there. And like, I have to be honest, I did not feel right there. Um, but I took the job because I wanted to mm. be like, I wanted to walk into a full clientele. Like it just seemed like that would be the dream. Right. And I didn't know anything at this point. But um, my friend Chelsea and I, we used to do these gigs on Craigslist to make money. So they would just be these random gigs that you do. And one of them was at the Lady Gaga concert in uh, Hartford at the Hartford Civic Center. And we had to hand out surveys for Virgin Mobile dressed up like little monsters. It was for her monster ball tour. And <laughs> I went to them and I, and I had been assisting for two months now and I hated it. 
Like I was not happy. I was driving an hour from my house. You had to park like 30 fucking minutes away. Like it was, can I swear on here? I'm sorry. Um, it was just like, <laughs> ugh, like, it, it, like there were so many things wrong. And, you know, I went to them and I was like, Hey, I won Lady Gaga tickets on the radio. And I lied. I was like, I won Lady Gaga tickets. And they were just like, and I was like, can I please go? And they said, no. And I and like, when you're assisting, you're not like curing cancer. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like salon owners have to be like, kind of like flexible nowadays because for somebody who's like a go-getter and you trap them in a box, I feel like that's just one way to push them away. So I was like, okay, I quit. Goodbye. And I left and I got all my stuff and I left that day. I was like, bye. And, um, I went and did the gig. I snuck into the show after and Gaga was singing, uh, she was singing <laughs> Speechless just on the piano. And I will never forget the moment where I saw five minutes of her show, but that five minutes was worth everything. And it just like, I had this moment with myself and with Gaga, you guys know, I freaking love her. Like she's my idol. Um, I had this moment and I was just like, I'm just always going to follow my heart. Like, I'm not going to be miserable. And from that moment forward, I, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, my salon I worked at after, I worked there for two and a half years. It was a Paul Mitchell focused salon, great salon, but, you know, it didn't work out. And once I kind of left there, it, I kind of left there in a bad way. And um, for both sides of it, you know what I mean? So part was my fault, part was the salon owner's fault, but we're friends now, so it doesn't really matter. But I was working um, from my kitchen at that point. And I had, I was always far from home, so I didn't have a big clientele. And I was kind of escaping my hometown because I was, like, you know, bullied so much. And I was, like, screw this town. So I, like, went far away. And then I came home, and I was working from my kitchen in Watertown. And I built my clientele doing hair for $100. Every single person was $100. I did my first ombre in my kitchen. It took eight hours, and I charged $100. And... Um, yeah, oh and, my you God. Know, <laughs> I learned a lot about pricing during the time at my second salon because she put us on Groupon and like, I'm known, I feel like I'm the authority for pricing in our industry. Um, because you have a question about pricing, I can answer it. I have the courses on it and I have the experience, you know, I had to build my clientele from Groupon, which is extremely difficult. And then when I opened my salon, all of my girls, we were the highest priced salon in the area. And all of my girls were terrified to break down a ticket. So I would have to break down hundreds of tickets a week to clients and, and like have the dialogue and have the confidence to be like, yeah, you want this. This is what it costs. This is why. Here's the price. You don't like it. Let's find a different picture. And like I did that hundreds of times and I teach people how to do that. So kitchen. I was, um, you know, going through a lot personally and flash forward. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm, I rented in seven different salons, seven different salons wow. from the time. Cause I got reported my, in my kitchen, like my neighbor reported me cause there were too many cars in my driveway. Like I was booming and, um, I didn't want to pay. I didn't think I could rent. I was like, it's too expensive. I can't rent. And, but it wasn't like, I had this, like this, like a uh, block for renting. And I was kind of traumatized from previous salons. Like I had a few like horrible experiences because people have always been jealous of me. And it's because my credit card swiper is going and going and going and going. And you're sitting there reading a magazine, like, sorry, not sorry. Like I was always a hustler. I was always posting like, you know, since, since beauty school, my handle on Twitter was the hair doctor. You know, I've been branding myself, GinaBiancaHair.com. Like I had a website, I had like a portfolio. I was posting, even when it was like not good, I was trying and people were always jealous of that. And looking back now, I can see that. But back then it was traumatizing. It was just like, nobody likes me. What's wrong with me? Like, it must be me. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a salon while I was on vacation. Everybody stopped responding to me. So my whole vacation, I had like severe anxiety that something horrible has happened that everyone hated me. I came home. They stole all of my color. They locked me out of the salon. I'd go there with the police. Like, no, this, this was, was your first salon. One. Like I had traumatizing experiences from jealous people. Like, I swear. Oh my God. Like, it was so crazy. 
Like I've had so many crazy experiences. So I think that when I was working from my kitchen, I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I want to rent or, you know, or I don't know if I want to own this or I don't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And finally, one day I just made the decision. And I think that that's the most powerful thing that you can do. Um, Tony Robbins says in the moments of your decision, your destiny is shaped. And the longer I find I go without making a decision, the more I suffer. So once I made the decision mm -hmm. that I was going to open a salon, I was working 14 hour days. I took all my money, put it in my apron, put it in my safe. I did everything I possibly could to save, 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 save. And I opened my salon with no debt. The one piece of debt I had was I bought those freestyle blow dryers, the ones from the ceiling. I threw them on a credit card, yeah. but within the first 30 <laughs> days of being open, I paid them off and I paid my student loan off. Yeah, we were making, I wow. was, I was, I'm a worker though. Like I would work like 14 hour days. I would, you know, and I'm not glamorizing it because, you know, that you should have some balance in your life. But during these times, like when I, when I was certain about something, like I was doing it. So I opened Gina Bianca hair. We were open for about five years and uh that's how i got started i love that i mean you, you said so many great um great quotes i feel like i'm writing notes as we speak and i just i love the fact that you you kept trying and and you kept on like testing to see like what was working and i'm so glad too that you made that conscious decision that didn't live in fear and didn't live in the pain that you've experienced. Because I imagine that a lot of people have gone through those experiences and maybe in different shapes and forms, but you know, those, those painful moments and experiences can really just hold us back and stop us from like reaching our next uh, potential in our career and in our life. And I, I just applaud you for persevering and continuing on that journey of, Thank of you. your passion. You know, can you tell me, tell me about like your, your salon experience. You said you were open for five years. It sounded like you were saying that you guys had the highest prices in your, yeah, we definitely your did town. have the highest price in, in um, the area. Tell me the good, okay. bad and ugly. So <laughs> owning my salon, I was like, my salon was like my business school. Okay. Like every year you looked at that place, it was, it was different. Um, and that is because I was trying as many things as I could. Like if something wasn't working, I didn't just let it not work. Like I was like, we have to figure this out. And I feel like that, like when Joyco calls me their global salon business, because I have failed many times, like an expert doesn't just read about it. An expert does it. And I feel like my like experience as a salon owner is so vast because it's not like I just open and like, you know, everything is perfect. It's like, oh, this is going wrong. We have to fix it. Um, and when it came to, you know, pricing, I started out in the salon with me as the stylist and five assistants. And I would have one doing the desk, one cleaning and two helping me and another one probably blow drying. You know what I mean? So I was training them from the very, very beginning and everyone made hourly. So I was like doing the best that I could to get people to move up so they could actually do hair. But like my name was on the door. Do you know what I mean? So when you're the highest mm. price in yeah. the area and your name is on the door, can you imagine the stress of trusting other people with your reputation? Um, because if it's oh, not yeah. even just their skill set, you know what I mean? Because I worked with incredibly skilled artists, but the attitude, you know what I mean? If somebody decides right. they're not having a good day that day and you pass them a guest you've been seeing and maybe that guest like prefers to see you and they feel passed off, if the experience isn't perfect, they're not coming back or they're going to complain. And, you know, I, having your name on the door is really tough. Uh, it's really tough because when you go on Yelp and you see Gina Bianca hair, it's different than seeing the network. You know what I mean? I still take it the same if we, we, we don't, we haven't gotten bad reviews, knock on wood, but at GBH, because we were team-based and because um, we were the highest priced and we had a very like good system. So like when a guest would come in, we'd have a really great consultation. We'd always do a price breakdown. We would not like do somebody's hair 
and let them get to the register and have sticker shock. Like that was not our system. We broke it down. We, we would spend a lot of time consulting and managing expectations. And one of the biggest tips I can give for consultation is take a picture of the back of their head and hold it up to their inspiration picture and break down the photo. Yeah, it's like the number one oh, consultation I tip I give people um, because sometimes people just have no idea what they're asking for. And a lot of the times you have to say like, okay, first of all, this is going to take about five hours. The application is going to take two and a half hours. Your processing time is going to be about an hour. And during that time, I have to check and maybe reapply because you have box dye and there's bands and then the sections have to be this big. And then we're going to have to tone it first. Then we have to do a treatment. Then we have to tone it again. Then we have to cut it. And do you want it curled like the picture? If we don't curl it, it's not going to look like this picture. Oh, no, I don't want I don't want to pay $10 for curls. Look, we have to find a different picture. We have to find a picture with straight hair because you're not. This is not what you're going to get. Like, <laughs> mm, I love that. It's like set the expectation very clear. So there's no exactly. No and they still have questions, you know, halfway through the service, they're going to change their mind or whatever. And. You know, it, it was really, <laughs> what do you think about it was this really picture? stressful. And like, <laughs> I love being a salon owner. I'm a different kind of salon owner now at the network. Um, we do all rental and this is mainly because of my leadership. Um, what I can do, you know what I mean? Like I'm 29 years old. It, it is not my passion to full-time lead 15 people and babysit them and try to keep them motivated to come to work like that. I can't be, I, I can't do that. Like it, it's, it's not my passion. My passion is to make a huge impact. And when I was an employee-based salon owner, I felt like, you know, I would train, I would train, I would train. And then half of the employment is reminding them of what they said in the interview and everything that they've worked for. And then, you know, if, if things don't go well, you know, they're going to leave. And then, you know, we were having people go right to rental after a year and a half, two years, like we would work so hard to build them and then they would go to rental. And my business coaches would say, why don't you build them slower? Cause like I can build somebody so fast. They're like, why don't you slow down and build them slower? I'm like, you mean keep them at $10 an hour for as long as I can. Like that doesn't sit with my value system. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted people to be like successful. Right. Like I wanted them to be like, oh my God, like I can't believe like what I'm like, you know? And it was like, it didn't fit my values. So once I lost, cause mm. I had a lot of people leave and a lot of them work with me now, you know what I mean? Like they came back and which is like a dream come true. But in my salon, when I had people leaving, I would, I would take it so personal. Like I, I can't lie. Like I would take it so personal yeah. because I had trained them with everything I know, I had given them all of my clients because through most of my salon ownership, I stepped away from behind the chair to lead. So clients I've been seeing for eight years, I'm giving these people, you know what I mean? So like when people would leave, I would take it personal. And it's definitely a, a tough yeah. reality and I'm not to proud swallow, you know, like, well, you know, how do you, it's like, how do you adjust your mindset then as a salon owner? You know, it's like, it sounds like you're saying, you know, that just wasn't a hundred percent what your passion was all about. It was more about the education portion of it, not necessarily the, em the employer role. leadership role. It's like there's artists, managers, management, and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And for me, like the management aspect and how much management goes into having employees and the expense like to pay the payroll taxes is absolutely like it, it's gutting. You know what I mean? So like that expense, you expect people to show up. Like you expect people to do a good job. Like I'm paying like 200K a year in payroll tax. Like, like what are we doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're having a bad day. Like, let's get it together. Come on. Like it, it was like really expensive. It was really demanding. It was really stressful. And at 24, 25, 26 years old, I was not ready to be doing that. Um, and I'm glad that I did. You know what I mean? I love all my people. I'm on great terms with like 99% of them. I still talk to a lot of them all the time. And it's no hard feelings. But the amount of work it takes to be an employee-based salon owner, I feel like the strong will survive. And those who are fully committed to salon ownership 
will survive. I feel like you've got to like really be focused on it. You have to be a strong, you have to have a strong mindset. You have to take really good care of yourself. Like keep in mind, I was putting myself completely last. Like I was not having any self-care whatsoever because I was so busy. Like I was full workaholic. Like how am I supposed to manage this if I'm not putting myself first and putting myself last? Of course, I'm going to be resentful. Of course, I'm going to take things personal. Like I feel like it just takes a really strong person to be an employee-based salon owner. And the person I am now, I could definitely do it, but I would definitely sacrifice my education. I would definitely sacrifice my um, being an influencer. Like I would sacrifice a lot to do that. And I feel like maybe when I'm like 40 years old or something, I would go back and do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I would never you get to write your I own future, right? It, you know what I mean? And I have no hard feelings to anybody. But like the yeah. reality is like it is so much work. It is so much time. It is so much money. And then staff retention takes full presence of the leader. Like you have to be present because people don't leave salons. They leave leaders. So like, and that's something that I always think, yeah. I'm just like, damn, like, what, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, it's me, it's me. And then those, those thoughts come back from when I was working in those salons. I'm like, it must be me. You know, a hundred percent. And it's hard not to take that personal. You said you were saying that, you know, only the strong, the strong leaders will, will survive. Do you, what is your thoughts on commission, commission salons with the trends and then also the hardship. That I think that the there are great commission salons and great commission salon owners. Like there's going to be fewer of them. The strong will rise to the top. The cream will rise to the top. There's always a place for commission salons, but the industry is changing. If you're trying to say like, like there are so many people who are just like, this is just a phase, like wake up wake up people want mm -hmm. freedom and flexibility yep. so if you're a salon owner figuring out how to weave that into your business model in any way that you can um and taking really good care of yourself the employee-based salon owners have to that like the the stylist wants to emulate like like that they like look up to and if you're not taking care of yourself if you're putting yourself last if you're gossiping in the break room if you're treating them like friends like it's just there's no respect and that's what I was doing like I was not I wasn't yeah. a leader yet you know what I mean I was a boss and I was like mm -hmm. their friend I was not the leader that I am now now I have more boundaries now I'm very like honest with them you know I, I wasn't I'm not passive aggressive I just say what I mean you know like I just say like hey this is how it is yeah <laughs> like Tell me, tell me what it was like in that, that fifth year. What was, what was your thought process? What was kind of going well, through I wanted your, to close for a year. Mind? I wanted to close it down. Um, and the reason was, is because I was traveling full time and all of the money I was making for education was funding the salon because all of my top performers had left and I was too jaded to train really. Like I didn't want to, I didn't spend as much time training because I was traveling and, you know, I was losing a ton of money. Like, I was like, yeah, this, you know, like, I'm, I was paying people a lot of money. And I had three managers working there. So my payroll was crazy. And I like, really, like, I did not fire people. Like, even if we didn't need the person, I did everything I could to keep them. You know what I mean? So like I was doing everything I possibly could to like keep it going, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? So the salon wasn't doing as well. They weren't booked as much. Like, you know, there were 50, 60% booked. We were usually 80 to 85% booked with my sense of urgency there. You know, making sure they're posting, making sure they're pre-booking, like coaching in the moment, like having the one-on-ones with them. Like I wasn't doing that. I was traveling and teaching. Yeah, because I was kind of escaping. Too thin. I was like, well, I know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? So my mindset was just yeah. pain and jaded. And, you know, I looked at my team and I had really great people there. And they, um, everyone from that part, almost all of them work at the network. And I looked at them and I was like, they're ready to rent. There's no reason. And, and in the last year at GBH, I was, I opened the network. 
So I was opening a second location for education. Like that place is, was not a salon first. That place was an education facility first. And then COVID happened. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was really like, okay, the last year of GBH, the network was just about open and I, I wanted to close, but I was like, no, I'm going to have people come here out of school. I'm going to train them. And then they're going to go to the network when they're ready. How is that possible when I'm not there? Do you know what I mean? It, it, um, it's, yeah, it just seems like such a, um, it was a purposeful transition, you know, at, at the moment you were like, I'm going to operate both of these, but in the reality of it, it was, you know, this is actually going to blossom and turn into something even bigger than what you maybe initially intended. And I just think that's, you know, like just God breathing in your direction of, of, you know, a hundred percent. And like, great it, was, it was crazy you. because like everything happening with the network and like, Everything was there. I just had to let go. Like businesses close, like people move on, people evolve. But like my mindset was that GBH is a part of me. Like it, my name's on the door. Like I'm a failure if I close. Everybody thinks I can do everything. So what if I close this? I'm going to look like a failure. Like I literally like wouldn't like remember when I said the longer it takes me to make a decision, the longer I suffer. That year was one of the worst years of my life. I ended up in the mm. ER with chest pain. Like I was not okay. I was so stressed oh out. Gosh. I didn't want to let everybody down. All my money was like, you know, going to all different things. And like, you know, I was making a beautiful income. I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but like it was going to everybody but me, you know? And I was saying to myself, I was just like, why, why, why? Yeah. I had like all this pain because I wasn't taking care of myself. I was working on a broken foot for a year and a half. Um, yeah, like literally it was, I was such a disaster. I was such a disaster and it all is because I was not making a decision. I didn't want to let everybody down. And then once I decided we're going to close, I decided we're going to close and we closed two weeks later. Like I decided we were going to close like the day before I was thinking about it, but like, I was like, you know what? I need to do this. And I wrote down all of their numbers. I was like, this is what you'll make going rental. I'm not going to sell the salon. I'm going to give the clientele to you. Come to the network. And that's what happened. And, you know, I could have sold that salon and wow. went behind their back, but I didn't. Um, I just didn't, you know, I don't know. I just didn't. And people ask me all the time, like, why didn't you sell it? Like, you're such a softie. And I'm just like, Ugh. You know, but now, now you have. Oh the, yeah, and this, it's amazing. Like talking about salon. GBH gets me all riled up um, because most of the time there was great. Parts of it were really painful for me, as a human, and um, the network yeah. is just a completely yeah. different story. So the network is just um, it, like it. I said, it was built for education. My goal was to do events there. And we had 30 chairs you could rent. And when COVID happened, I sold eight of the chairs, eight of the stations, sorry. Um, and they're double-sided. So I sold 16 chairs and cut it in half. And um, throughout COVID, you know, we couldn't do education, which was extremely difficult. And everything that I had been doing for the past two or three years, the traveling education, the money that I was making, like my primary source of revenue stopped this uh, last year. So I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm in the same boat as everybody else. You know, my business is struggling too. And um, the network during 2020, it was time for me to slow down. Uh, I had a huge transformation in my own life. And I focused on being a salon owner and making sure it's crazy to work anywhere else. And we're full now. So we're full. We're going to start doing events in the spring. And it's a really great place. I hope to franchise it. We've got some big news coming that nobody knows about. Um, I'm hoping to franchise. I will franchise uh, this company because I believe that, you know, everything we do there and like the whole point of the salon, you know, bringing people together, like separate but together and helping people grow. Like that's what I've always wanted to do. I feel like that's what the industry needs.
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that separate, but together. And and it's exactly kind of what, you know, you were saying about like the salon ownership is, you know, people are wanting that flexibility or, you know, they're wanting the rental and, um, but yet some people just don't want to be feeling isolated or by themselves. Yeah, I don't know how people work in a suite. I have massive respect for suite owners. I just would never be able to work in a small space like that. And I wouldn't be able to work by myself. Like I'm a very social creature. When I, um, I worked at a commission-based salon for 11 years. And when I went on a salon, out into a salon suite, I was like, I hate this. I'm all by myself. Too much. I, I want to talk to people. <laughs> I want to like, you know, talk, talk shop with people, you know, let's talk formulas. Let's talk a breakdown of a uh, technique. And it was like nobody to, you know, converse with. So the, the network salon has just evolved so much, which is really exciting because oh, it's been how long since years. you've opened this now? It's been two years now, um, which is incredible. Um, kind of tell us like what, what it looks like now. It's, it sounds like all yep, the, stations the stations are, are full, full with, with renters. renters. I have a full-time manager. She does a little bit of hair too. Um, and it just doesn't require a ton of my attention. You know, I give them like my manager takes care of all the day to day and I focus on education. Like I focus on making an impact and elevating the beauty industry and things that I offer my renters, you know, our rent is right now. Um, it's incredibly affordable right now. It's a thousand dollars a month. It's going, it's actually raised now that we're full. So um, for new people, you know, who come in, it would be different. Um, Cause I don't want people to leave, you know? It's like, I love to have um, familiar faces and a lot of the people from my old salon are there. And, um, you know, now that we don't do classes, like I have to raise the rent for new people in the future because my whole business model was based on, oh, we're doing these classes every month. No problem. Let's make it crazy. It's like extremely affordable for our area with what it offers too. you know, I include their education. I include towel service. I I, I pay a full time manager there. Like that's expensive. Somebody to greet their clients, somebody to keep the salon clean. Um, they get access to all of my online education. They get access to mastermind. They get, like I said, all their education's included. So when we have classes, those are included. It's like a thousand dollars right there. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy not to work there. And yeah, I love that. And that you, one of the things that I think that like, you know, I've never experienced booth rental personally, but from an outsider's perspective, I always am curious of, how does that guest experience feel? Like, does it feel cohesive or is everything just so random and hodgepodge because you've got separate brains? So and I separate, love that. Like, know, okay, so my salon people. is huge. It's 4,600, almost 5,000 square feet. All the stations, like, it's very clean and it's very, like, not plain because it's amazing, but, like, it's very, like, anybody can fit in there and even be themselves. You know what I mean? So all the stations are decorated different. All of the artists look act and talk different everybody has a different guest experience some people show up and you know they're all dressed to the nines with full makeup some people show up and they're a little more casual but like the place is big so it's not like a small space that's like this like the salon it's the salon is a brand but the brand is like you fit and you belong here it's not like conform to look like this so I feel like when booth rental salons kind of like make it like you have to look like this to fit in here. I feel like that's where the hodgepodge or whatever you said, like sticks out, like where people stick out like a sore thumb at the network, because of the way the salon is like the brand is like you're, you belong here, be yourself. Like that's the brand you belong here, be yourself. And like, I love when they're like weird. (laughs) I love it. And I'll show up like in, I'll show up like way casual sneakers, like, uh, that's who I am. And my clientele love me no matter what, you know what I mean? I'm not trying to attract someone who wants me to look a certain way. And I think that that's cool because it gives you the opportunity to build a clientele that you love. A hundred percent. And, and I love the fact and appreciate that, you know, who you are, you know, who your target market is and people are just uh, attracted to that. And it's attracting the right people. Um, and I think that, you know, we really need to adopt that methodology as well in order to build our businesses the way that 
to do and work you, on the people so that we crazy. really want said, like, to do work well, on. How's the guest experience? Like, that's not my concern. You know what I mean? My concern is getting the right people to work there who are going to give their guests an amazing guest experience. Most of them being GBH people, like they know how to give a great guest experience. Um, and then the people who I hired to work or who I had to come rent the chairs, like I said no to people. You know what I mean? Like you have to find the right people. If mm. you don't have the right people working there, you're always going to be worried about the guest experience. But if you worry about the people and you trust them and you set them up to win, um, you know, I, I feel like that's it. But it's not my concern looking at reviews because that's their clientele. Do you know what I mean? So that's the difference with booth rental for the right. owner. It's just way more relaxed and it's way more freedom. And you don't, the more you meddle in their business, the worse it is. Like they're independent. This is their own business. They're renting a suite from you. They're renting a chair from you, you know? Yeah. yeah. You just don't and have to worry about the things well. that you were worrying about as an employee based <laughs> on owner. Like, you just don't have to worry about it because it's not your concern. And I don't make them sign a long-term lease. Like, I have them sign and lock in on their price. So if they leave, the price goes up. Um, but I want the power to be able to be like, hey, it's not a good fit. You know what I mean? I want the power. Instead of holding on for dear life to people, I want the power to control my culture. So if somebody comes in and <laughs> I don't even know, like we have amazing people there. I could never imagine it happening. But if people can't get the, the picture with cleaning, if I've got to coach you multiple times on cleaning and my renters are complaining, I have no issue being like, hey, it's not a good fit here. And I have a wait list. It's different than bending over backwards and like sacrificing yourself so people don't leave. And like, that's what I feel like the relationship and like the mindset of rental, if you're doing it right, I feel like it's just so much different. And I think that's such a, it's so cool how many different opportunities that we have in this industry, you know, commission or a solo suite renter, booth rental opportunities or being a salon owner. I just, I love, I love that you yeah. have experimented with a lot of different things and tried a lot of new things that has really like mold you into who you are today and what you can offer for people. And, and that being said, I really want to talk about you know, how this has evolved into oh, yes. Thank you for uh, asking. Mastermind. Um, so Mastermind started in 2017. And when I was doing my master stylist certification, which I did 10 of them, um, I did them all over the US and Canada, uh, this class, it was a two day class. And the class was and I'm doing it this year, master stylist certification, the tickets are not on sale yet. It's going to probably be mastermind only. But um, what ended up happening is like I spend two days with these people we're like in an incubator okay so like we're getting really close I'm hearing all of their stories like I'm getting to know them I started mastermind so we can all keep in touch and so they can keep learning what they learned in class so I was posting hair videos I was posting business advice and this all started on Facebook we grew like crazy but then we had issues with the platform we had issues with a bunch of stuff so over the past three and a half years mastermind has evolved and i'm so happy to say that this program is incredible it's affordable and it's high 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 value um some things that we do in mastermind i do bi-weekly power sessions so i do 90 minute group coaching calls every other monday with uh their group coaching so they can ask me questions we all see each other's faces it's great um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So if you're in mastermind, only you have access to my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I don't open it to the public. It's just for mastermind. We have a massive video library. So I have 70 plus hair videos, marketing, business videos, and new uploads every single month. I just added in a um, salon ownership uh, category and a social media category into mastermind. So those will have uploads as well. Like I have three training manuals for salon owners. I have work tickets. I have new guest forms. I have non-solicit, non-compete agreement. Like I just have everything that I've used over the years in mastermind that you can customize. Um, and my goal is to add videos to all of that. So I'm really just creating like a master stylist online and you also um, have access to our Q&A library where you can ask me anything. You can ask me stuff in the Facebook group. Like, it's a direct link to me, which is great. And I always say I'm the mastermind mentor. Like, it, it, people ask me in my DMs every day, can you be my mentor? And I'm just like, 
how can I be your mentor on Instagram? I was, and then I started to think, I'm like, I can be their mentor if I create something that will help. Um, so that's mastermind. Um, and then they also get first dibs on tickets to the classes at the network. So they'll get first, you know, we're at 25% capacity. So they're going to sell out mastermind gets first dibs. They also get special pricing and, um, special networking time. And one of the big things, um, two big things is that they also get opportunities to work crew so they can come to events and work behind the scenes and it's life-changing. It's like life-changing um, to work in events. Like, you know, we have Tabitha come in, we have Larissa Love come in, we have all kinds of artists come in and to have the opportunity to assist them and be behind the scenes is a game changer. And we also have, um, you know, we recap and do a docu-series this year for the network classes and that all goes in their video library. So there's just a ton of value and it's $30. Like I'm not trying to get rich, although Mastermind is paying my mortgage. Like my edu my education income has stopped. Like, <laughs> so Mastermind, I'm not trying to overcharge for it. I'm trying to make it accessible and I want people to be like, it's crazy not to be in mastermind. And that's why I add so much value. And it also includes, um, as of two days ago, I included my course pricing essentials, which is how to raise your prices, how to set your hourly rate, all of that. It's like a 12 video course. And then my course adaptive consultations, which is a full fledged consultation course. And these two courses you know, I've had people take these courses and increase their revenue 20 to 100%. Because if you raise your prices $10 over a year, you're making an additional $20,000 if you work a regular schedule. So my goal is to elevate the beauty industry. And I feel like Mastermind makes it accessible and gives people the opportunity for a low price. It's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Like I, Oh, and that's incredible. <laughs> I'm like taking notes on everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is fantastic. And I, I love the fact that you're making it affordable, especially right now. I think, you know, there's just a lot of people in our industry that are hurting um, still. I and like I think you that, you know, $30 is there. like a no brainer, like, especially now um, that it includes pricing essentials. Like, yeah, I feel like it, you can't afford not to be in there. Like, what is $30 if you increase your revenue $20,000? Like I've had people message me like after taking your class, I increased my revenue 80 grand last year. I like I have people say, oh, I opened a suite during a pandemic. I opened a salon during a pandemic. Um, I quit the job that I've hated for five years and now I'm living my passion. Like I feel like the value of mastermind is I am your mentor. Like you have all of my education and you have every all of the tools and the foundation. And what you see didn't happen by accident. And I'm providing it. I'm giving it away pretty much. So even for those who are hurting and struggling right now, if you can't afford Mastermind, you can always listen to my podcast, the Gina Bianca podcast. I give free life and business education. Absolutely free. Hour-long episodes. High-value, honest advice, and great business strategy. And then there's also my YouTube and my Instagram. Like I give a lot for free. And then what I do offer you know, is extremely affordable. And like I said, like 20 times on this episode of your podcast is that I want to elevate the beauty industry. I want to make it accessible. Mm, I love that. I mean, so many great ways to connect with you and to, yeah, exactly. Have you be our mentor. I love that. And it, you just have so many valuable experiences in your life and, um, you know, what, what's, what's next in store for you? <laughs> Do you want to know my goals? 2021. One podcast episode a week, sure. two YouTube videos a week, 30 IG posts a month. <laughs> content creator. Like I literally want to keep creating this content. I want people to join mastermind. I want to um, get back to doing education again. My salon's doing great. I'm so freaking thankful. I try to like literally, I don't try. I am grateful every minute of the day because I know people are still closed. And I'm so grateful that we're even allowed to be open. So with that gratitude, I try to give back as much as I possibly can. So 2021, um, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I hope to reach more and more people and I hope to help as many people grow as I can.
I love that. And I love the fact too, that you're very specific and focused in on exactly what you are going to be accomplishing this, this year. I think a lot of creatives uh, can get, can, can allow too much to fall on their plate as far as all of the things, right? And the fact that you're just focused in content creator, I love that. Thank you. It's, yeah, I try to stay focused. I spread more. pretty thin. But, um, you know, I always say if you're going to have your own business, like I have my own business, so I have to run myself, like I have to manage myself. And one of the things I have to do is take excellent care of myself, put myself in my health first, and then give myself specific goals and then be really nice to myself if I don't achieve them. You know, I write myself notes. I'm just like, this is my goal for today. But even if I don't complete it, I'm still enough. I love that you said that, especially because throughout your journey, that was one area that you did feel a lot of pain in and that you learned was, a lot from it. And it was because you, yeah, did and that was first. literally so like the, the source of now my resentment you are. and anger. Like my salon, my stylist at GBH, like they were just moving on with their lives. Like it wasn't a direct gutting to me. Do you know what I mean? And the way we take things is a direct reaction of how we take care of ourselves. So I don't regret anything. I don't have any hard feelings for anybody. My salon was my business school. But what I learned the most from it is you have to put yourself first. I love that. Gina, where can our listeners find you? Where, where do so you, you can follow me on Instagram to, uh, at I am Gina Bianca. The link in my bio has everything that I offer. It's like one of those link tree things. And the first link, it says sign up for the wait list for life and business coaching. So if you wanted to work one on one with me, I'm I'm working on something for that. So if you're not a salon owner or stylist and you're looking for um, coaching, there's that. Then I have joined mastermind. I have all of my courses on there. I have my free Facebook community. I have my podcast, uh, my YouTube channel, my Instagram has high value. I just started TikTok late to the party, but I'm everywhere. <laughs> Whatever platform you love the most, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I love that. So there's yeah, no you can't or Google reasons me, why you can't find Gina Bianca. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Gina. We so appreciate all of your time and, and um, all of the inspiration that you um, have been providing to this industry. There's no doubt Thank in my mind so that much for you truly me. are elevating this industry. Thanks for listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. If you love to keep track of your favorite shows, then subscribe to this podcast to receive the newest edition when it's released. This podcast was created with you in mind, so I'd love to get your review to learn how this podcast has helped you in your career. And because I love my listeners and want to connect more, join me in our free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash salon and suite business. My mission is to help beauty professionals like you create a career that supports the life you want to live. Thank you for being a part of the journey. Mm-hmm.